You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops it, Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. I was going in. In tight, Huberdeau trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. No uh, no Disco Inferno this morning. No, no, it's been a little while since you had Disco Inferno, George. No, no Disco Inferno this morning. Flames Apparently, lose. when they leave the Saddle Dome, we don't get Disco Inferno. So Yeah, uh, 2-1 loss last night in the shootout to the Canadians. Uh, very entertaining game. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. Would would have been I know funner's not a word. Would have been funner the Flames would have won. But uh, lot, lots to discuss in last night's game. Uh, all of a sudden, Lindholm's hurt. Don't know where that came from. No, but Daryl Sutter saying after the game that they knew he was going to be doubtful the night prior after that Leafs game. So you hope it's not anything long. But he was at the morning skate. Yeah. I- I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, as I cough away here, I'm dying. I don't. No, I, I, I don't. I feel know better today. I feel actually how the feel in, better today. Injuries. Yeah. Are, how does that work? Injuries are such a fugazi. A with this league and B yeah. with this team. No, yeah, I just. This is one of the, the like most again, ridiculous places to try and just no, like I, figure out who's healthy and who's able yeah, to play. I, I'm, new, I'm I'm fairly new to the city. <laughs> So if he's <laughs> doubtful after Saturday, why is he at the morning skate? Give it a try, I guess. Fugazi? Like, I don't understand how these it's things a work smoke here. Smoke screen. Like, it's so old school and, like, unnecessary. I don't know. I, or, I don't know. Or maybe he legit was. I don't know. These things I, are very bizarre, and, and sometimes you feel like it's a little bit of a game of telephone back there, and things yeah, maybe I just, change by the time the head coach tells the media what actually it is, but. Whatever. No big deal that your number one center is hurt. No big deal. No, it's fine. You know, and especially when and your yeah, number one defenseman down. takes a really just disgusting puck to the head. That was hard to watch. Thankfully, he was on the flight home and yeah. he was cleared. We don't know what his status is coming up for Wednesday's game, but I would assume he probably takes a night off. I but hope you so. never know with the guy. The guy's tough as nails. Um. Once again, Daryl Sutter had said he's right outside the room. I just saw him in his shirt and tie and all that stuff. But then the Flames had also mentioned that uh, he did go to local hospital after uh, leaving the contest. All tests were negative, and then of course uh, able to travel back to the te- back to Calgary with the team. So uh, going to be reevaluated at some point today. But yeah, that was uh, that was a scary moment. You never like to see anything like that, and I kind of like it's one of those things with the Flames and on the PK with Tanev and. Last year was Gabranson, where they would do that constantly on the kill, get out there and just block shots, especially from big one-timers on the flank. And it was almost a miracle how guys never really got banged up to the sense they actually had to leave games. Like, I'm sure they were dealing with stuff that most normal humans would be in a hospital bed with, but they were battling through. And this year, 
anytime it looks like there might be an injury, it has seemed to had a little bit more of a, an effect than it did last season. Like la- my point being, last year was such a unicorn with how healthy this team was able to stay, mm-hmm. and this year it's kind of regressed back to the mean with just some of the unlucky natural plays that happen throughout a hockey game. Uh, after watching last night's game, and oh my God, Jacob Markstrom last night was absolutely Looked good again, fantastic. Like he was phenomenal last night. You can't even fault him on the Josh Anderson goal. Totally left in front. Yeah, uh, mix- door off and stone. I don't know what they were doing. Coverage. Yeah, like there was a little confusion there, and two guys who typically don't play together. After you have the Chris Tanev injury there, and then just complete like like you mentioned, fell asleep. Just didn't hand off coverage properly when Josh Anderson came out of the corner. Uh, Markstrom was phenomenal last night. Uh, deserved a better fate than 2-1, um, losing in a shootout. And uh, I like how angry he was on the Suzuki move because he knew it was coming, too. Oh, and he, he got Suzuki a piece of it. He was going to f- just flip it, and he still scored. And the thing was, like, that flip move is supposed to go over the glove. Like, I think Suzuki might have fanned on it. And it was only a little kind of half hopper. Mm. And that's how it went under the glove and over the pad. Yeah, he was mad so I think that's one. why he was so mad because it was kind of like a, he knew it was coming, like you yeah. said, because we've seen Suzuki pull that move a couple times already this year. But for it to happen like that, you're like, oh, he didn't even do it properly. Come on. I, I know. I know. Come I, on. I know. I tweeted it out last night. Cause also, was, that's my favorite chill move, by the way. But. The, the flip. Okay. Um, my fa- uh, I tweeted out last night, this was wishful thinking. Mm. Why not give the AHL's leading goal scorer a chance in the shootout? Uh, like, there was no way Daryl was going to tap him to go out there to take one of the three shots, right? I don't. We all saw that backhand filthy goal he scored for the Wranglers where he just floated it. That was just similar to what gross. Suzuki did, except yeah, on the backhand. On his backhand. Yeah, I I was hoping and live like this is this is the spot where this guy's uber skilled. Let's see him one on one versus the goaltender. I thought maybe because I'm never a big fan of throwing a defenseman out in the shootout. Oh, and I know but Raz has been so good at it. Okay, I know, and he beat Jake Allen. Yeah. It went under him, and he kind of yeah, got it with I, his skate again. The one I would have issue with is honestly Nazem Kadri. Sure, he had the least impressive opportunity of the three i just would have liked to see phillips out there i feel like if you had gotten one or two more rounds you probably would have seen him okay that that's my feeling but just because they don't i i have no problem with huberto and anderson because they've uh, done well in the shootout this year but i understand what you mean you want to see that guy it's been really hard to properly evaluate matthew phillips right yeah um we we saw that kid line together last night Phillips, uh, what I what surprised me because Lindholm wasn't in the lineup last night was no Milan Lucic for the second straight game, which was really surprising to me. But they needed a centerman, and I understand why. But I was surprised he was a healthy scratch for the second game in a row. Wasn't too surprised that Jacob Markstrom was a net who was fantastic last night. Mm-hmm. Coming into work today, all I kept thinking about about last night's game. And how uh, and Derek brought it up in the post game show last night. Uh, run support for Jacob Markstrom. That's been rough. Uh, Tree has Whoa. to go out there. He has to go out there and make a move to get a scoring winger. His team can't score. It cannot score. I think it's a little unfair to evaluate what Matthew Phillips has done because the reason they've called him up is to see if they've actually got a guy here who can help them out in the top nine. And the two games that he's played, 
you've played about 40 minutes of the game at special teams. Sure. He hasn't, like, he played four minutes of even strength yesterday. He hasn't had any chance to get into any sort of rhythm and show what he can actually do with a normal NHL shift. So I agree. They have to address the scoring. But I also think going about this experiment with these kids that you've brought up right now, you got these past two games have just been like awful game scripts to steal an NFL term or a football term for evaluating young players like Phillips or like Zahorna. I feel like Zahorna has honestly popped a little bit more than Matthew Phillips has. But I also, we've talked about it for the entire year. If you can go out and you can get someone who can score, that's great. But I also think prices right now are pretty sky high. And this is a team that's outside of a playoff position. Like, you're not giving up your 2023 first-round pick to go get a scoring winger. They're in the second wild card right now. The one guy who interested me was Eli Tolvanen, who was on waivers. Mm. That's a guy who can score. That's a guy who's been known to score. And we asked Lou yesterday about the standings. Mm -hmm. Um, The Avalanche are on the outside of the playoff picture because they're just riddled with injuries. They'll figure it out. The Avalanche are going to be a playoff team. Probably. If if they get healthy, right? Um, I would assume they would sneak in to a top three spot uh, in in the Central, but who knows with the Avalanche. But um, in the Pacific Division, are, are the Kings for real? I don't think so. The Kraken seem like a bit of a mirage right now, although they're playing so well. But do you really think the Kraken? Is I think they're. Be, I think they're legit. You think they're, they'll be a top I three th- team when it's all said and done in this division? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. The Oilers can't seem to figure anything out. Another listless effort in Minnesota last night. The Kraken actually look motivated every time they play. They've got a good mix of guys who have recently won a cup, veterans, young players. I got some questions about their blue line. They need help down the middle. Maybe a Bo Horvat could be a guy. So this is the roundabout way, and and, and I don't want to get into like every team and their playoff yeah. chances and whatever. <laughs> this is just a roundabout way of the Flames don't have a cushion where they can afford to drop a lot of points. No. That's why I'm saying you need to address the scoring. And maybe I don't maybe Phillips is the answer, but I've been a little underwhelmed what I've seen so far from the kid, which is fine. And I know even Lou talked about last night in the post game, how he, he thought it was his best game. I've been a little underwhelmed and he does get absolutely manhandled in the corners by bigger guys because he is a small dude. And I understand all of that. And Cole Caulfield got blown up last night. Didn't come back in that game. And that's kind of the ghost of Christmas future. I fear for Matthew Phillips, what could happen to him just as easily as what happened to Cole Caulfield after Lewis just blew him up last night on a clean check. But uh, I, you, you, you got to score here. Like your goaltender absolutely stood on his head, did everything he possibly could to get you a win last night, and you can't beat a Habs team that was playing ridiculously shorthanded too. Not a very good team to begin with, and I know Jake Allen was very good, but even the scoring chances last night, Maddie, they need some more juice up front. And is it internally? Maybe if, if Phillips gets a better look and they stay out of the penalty box, Sure, but scoring's an issue on this team. And the last few games, discipline's been... Like, you look at some of those penalties last night. Oh, they're awful. Even to kick off the game, like, that that Hannafin lazy interference penalty 36 seconds in, it's just a necessary penalty to take so early into the game. There were so many bad penalties the Flames took again last night, I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah, and, like, 
everyone kind of grabbed onto the clip with Daryl Sutter saying what he said after the Leafs game. Ultimately, I think what he was trying to do was kind of try and take a little bit of pressure off of his guys who lately have been taking way too many penalties, like they did in Columbus, like they did once again in this game against Montreal. It's a good penalty-killing unit. Frankly, they what are they? They were top 10 going into last night's contest. Frankly, the only times that they really get scored on is when they have a, a shorthanded rush, it goes awry, and they get scored on on the rush the other way. That's yeah. mostly how they get scored on when they're, when they're killing penalties, and, and they're relatively rare. But you're, you're putting those guys out there way too much. And now you're going to be without Chris Tanev, who is arguably the, the straw that stirs the drink yeah. with that entire penalty-killing unit, apart from whoever's between the pipes on any given night. So now you're in tough in that. Like, I, how long have I been saying that the penalties are an issue? Like, it was two or three weeks ago, I said there was two problems with this team. They're taking bad penalties at bad times of the game. Now it's just they're taking a lot of penalties whenever throughout the game. It used to just be bad moments. And the other thing were the turnovers that were winded up in the back of their net 15 seconds after a turnover. They just weren't able to go from offense to defensive structure like the snap of a finger like they needed to. That seems to have been gotten better over the last couple of weeks. The penalties has been the opposite. It has continued to roll down the hill in a negative sense. And and, and the thing, too, is uh, when you look at the first 10 games of the season, mm-hmm. the team was drawing a lot of penalties. We're not yeah. seeing that as much now either. They're taking more penalties than they're drawing. Again, that's obviously recency bias watching the team the last few games. But I just felt like the first 10 games of the season, um, they, they were cra- – what was that shift? Lewis – where he drew two penalties, pretty much back-to-back shifts. Well, there was the one game where Lewis, Richie, and Lucic ended up drawing like four penalties, and the Flames scored on two of the power play goals and right. won the game. W- where's that been lately here with the aggressive play, drawing penalties? Well, you know, another two of the guys that I look at that are really good at that are Manjapani and Dubé, because when they get their feet moving, they can be hard to track down. They can use speed on the outside to get around guys, and you can draw hooking, tripping, holding calls, by doing that, and there was a time when those guys kind of dipped for a little bit. I think their play's been getting back to where you'd like to see it. I thought losing Kadri for a little bit yesterday kind of threw things in flux, and, and he kind of looked a little bit off even after he returned. But the, those are kind of the guys that I look to draw penalties, and it just hasn't necessarily been there. I thought the first half of the game, the DNA line was very good. Tenacious three were great. Yeah, stop it. It's just not going to happen. The Refused DNA line them. was very good. Uh, the first, and that 2 on 0 with Dubé and Kadri. Was the referee kind of, it was awfully clunky looking. Yeah. So here's here's my take on that. The 2 on 0? The 2 on 0. You got to at least get a shot on goal here. You, yes, definitely you need to get a shot excuse, on excuse goal. Excuse my raspy voice. You got to get a shot on goal. You got to get a shot on goal. All right. Through Sorry. your Craven A's and yeah, smoking on your couch. Yeah. Watching I might as well get, pick up smoking after yeah. what my voice sounds like. Um, I, on a two on O, I like an early pass just so both guys can kind of feel the puck. I don't like one guy holding on to the puck for the longest time because I feel like that kind of creates a little bit of unease on both the shooters parts. And plus it gets the goaltender moving early as su- the idea on a two on O is make sure that goalie can't get set. So mm-hmm. you want to pass the puck early, but I thought the referee kind of came from the middle of the ice and like cut across Kadri. So he didn't really have an, a lane for the first pass, and then he waited, and then he was like, it was clunky, and it wasn't very yeah. good. 
it was after Zadorov threw a humongous hit on Jordan Harris. He blew him up. That was a great play by Zadorov. Um, lots to get to today. Uh, by the way, we're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Doug Lacey for everything basementy serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. We got a busy show. Mm-hmm. Um, Shy Diggity, Shy Davidi, sports uh, Sportsnet baseball columnist will join us at the top of the hour. Blue Jays made a good move yesterday. A solid free agent signing. And it's it's hilarious watching Blue Jays Twitter, the roller coaster, when all those free agents were flying off the board. And Blue Jays fans are like, what are we doing here? It's the same old story. And then they go out there and get a rock-solid 3-4 guy in the middle of the rotation. We'll talk to Shai Davidi about that. And guess what else the Blue Jays still need? Power left-handed bat. For the last, I don't know, four years, they need a power left-handed bat. We'll talk to Shai Davidi about where else the Blue Jays are going to go. Um, Ryan Pike, Flames Nation editor and co-host of Flames Talk, will join us at 8 o'clock, break down that loss last night, look ahead to the Canucks. And Dave Dickinson, Calgary Stampeders head coach, and now the general manager of the team. Uh, we'll have our pal Dave Dickinson on at 8.30 to talk about his new gig with the Calgary Stampeders. Um, we are doing our 12 Days of Christmas for our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Today, I believe, is the, Alex, today's the seventh day of the Advent calendar. The seventh yes, day? That's correct. Seven okay. days. Are you okay today? You sounded lifeless. Alex is a little... You know, Can we we got to check you for a pulse? What's going on Like you, there? I need a little more energy out of you today, Yeah, Alex. it's morning. We're going to wake the people up. They're driving to work. Yeah. Oh. Like... Well, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, Alex, you know what people... What are you doing? Hey, you Alex. Come over there and kick you in the ass. <laughs> hey, Alex, let me, let me share a little secret with you about morning radio. All right. Fake it. This is the only thing I know, and I don't know much about radio, clearly. <laughs> but this is what I do know. People who are listening to us at this hour are probably working an eight-hour day. <laughs> You're not working an eight-hour day, Alex. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So pony up. Pick it up a little bit, okay? All right. I'll be better for the world, or pardon me, the soccer report. How long is the later. soccer report going to be today? Nine or ten minutes? <laughs> Two minutes, I promise. Two okay. minutes. Or is it going to feel like nine or ten minutes? Oh, come on. Right in the teeth. Come no, on. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. What? My my buddy was yesterday. He's like, "Why was Alex's? He, he, he's a hardcore listener from Ontario. He goes, why was Alex's soccer port so long yesterday? Like the first one, like I said, you run out of. It's breath. tough because there's no there's no there's you're no, not allowed to play. Audio. You're not allowed to play any clips or any audio. So it's just like a yeah, a eight minute monologue. And so there so huh. there you go. People with actual real jobs, Alex, work eight hour days. And when they hear you a little sleepy, a little tired, it's like, come on, man, I got to be at work till like four or two or three. It's not our fault you don't nap during the day. That's yeah, your own problem. That's for fair. sure. All right. So uh, today's the seventh day of uh, 12 Days of Christmas for good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Um, I've been dying to talk about this for a good week and a half. You got something on your mind, George? Yeah. Last week, I was clinging to life in my apartment, <laughs> dealing with a respiratory illness. Clinging to life. Sweating like an idiot on my couch. Oh. Just being watching a ton of TV. And then I saw something. That I was like, oh my God, I need to talk about this on the radio. Were you like, am I in a lucid dream or did I see that for real? So uh, I don't know about you, (laughs) but I've always been a fan of the Lindsay Lohan. Sure. Even though she's had a bit of a tumultuous time personally, I've always still been a fan of the Lindsay Lohan. I think she's lovely. So she's the new spokesperson for something Pepsi's trying to make happen. 
And I know this came out about a week and a half ago, but we haven't talked about it on this show. No, we haven't. And I'm sure it hasn't been talked about on the radio station because nobody else would broach these dumb topics like I like to broach. (laughs) Maybe Logan did on Sportsnet today. Probably not. But I want to... Maybe Haley did it. Uh, Maybe she did. I don't know. But I... uh, I saw this and I go, I need to, we need to talk about the listeners. So Alex, I got you the clip. Pepsi's trying to make this happen. And you're welcome, Pepsi, for the free shutouts. Uh, Here's the clip of Lindsay Lohan dressed up in like a Santa outfit, looking extremely lovely, trying to make something happen uh, for the good people at Pepsi. Uh, Hit the clip, Alex. Nice. Ooh, naughty. Pepsi and milk. What? Sorry, what? Is one dirty soda. Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. That can we Pepsi and milk. Milk. Go, go ahead and rack that again. So that was you want to hear that again? Yeah. Nice. Ooh, naughty. Pepsi and milk. Milk. You forgot that that's one naughty soda. Come on, Alex. That is one dirty soda. Thank you, dirty soda. Pilk. Pilk. We're going with pilk. I've been dying to talk about Pilk for a week and a half. That's what they've chosen is Pilk? Yeah. So actually, when I saw this originally, being a, being my, being a bartender like I, like I have been, I go, well, Pepsi and milk, you add some Kahlua and vodka, that's a paralyzer. Sure. Yeah. And that by makes the way, sense. there's nothing as sweet as being hung over on anything dairy. <laughs> like, make sure during the holidays you get really drunk on white Russians. It is a vile hangover the next day. I'm more of a half bottle of rum and a liter of eggnog type of guy, but hey, whatever you need to do to get your fix. Yeah. So, um, Pepsi and milk, pilk. Now, I want to <laughs> open it up to our text line because I love our text line so much. 960, 960, name and location. Pilk seems very interesting to me, food combo. The way you're going to win uh, the seventh day of our uh, 12 days of Christmas for Wild Rose Brewery is I don't want you to lie about this. <laughs> I, as you know, if there's one thing on this show I like to do. Splash around. Splash around in the pool of truth. And I, and I, and I hope our listeners do that as well. Maddie, I expect that from you. I expect that from sleepy Alex Brody as well. Always splash around in the pool of truth. Maybe even some milk. Pilk. Oh, like gross. Lindsay Lohan wants you to to drink some pilk during and the holidays. Splash around in a little uh, pool of pilk. I I want to hear pilk. on the text line. Maybe we even open up the phone lines at seven thirty. Oh wow! For y- your chance to win the seventh day of our twelve days of Christmas at our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery, give us your weirdest food combo that you like. But be honest about it. Don't tell me you like, you know, sardines and ice cream. Like, that's just not, like, nobody would do that. I believe you. Yeah. I will tell you mine, and mine's weird. I like ketchup with French toast, but not, but not French toast with cinnamon all over it. Plain French toast, I like to put ketchup on it. I grew up on that stuff. I'm a weirdo. So you I don't like put ke- cinnamon sugar on your French toast? Just, no, just, just ketchup. Eggs, bread, and ketchup? Yeah, I like that. Okay. That's not the wackiest it's thing. It's weird, but I like ketchup on French toast. I, pu- I, put, I put ketchup on my scrambled eggs. That's so not weird. A lot of people do that, too. Exactly. And without the sugar and everything, you're not that far away sure. from literally just 
cooking bread and scrambled eggs. Right. So ketchup on my French toast is my weirdest okay. food combo. I'm going to have putting you on the spot I'm gonna right now. I'm going to ponder this because there's nothing that comes to mind okay. off the top of my head. Sleepy Alex Brody, do you have do you have a hey. weird food combo you like? Uh give me give me a minute. I definitely have something. I just got to I got to think. I don't. Okay, right right away. Right away we're on the text line. I'm ashamed, but I do it anyway. Ketchup and pepperoni pizza. You use ketchup as a dipping sauce on your pepperoni pizza or you put it on. That's weird. Again, please tell us the truth. Add your name and location because we want to give away the seventh day of the 12 days of Christmas at Wild Rose Brewery. Lindsay Lohan and the good people at Pepsi, at George Russick on Twitter. Pepsi, you know you know who you're at. <laughs> They're trying to make pilk happen. Pepsi and milk. You want to give them the address for the suite too? Like, yeah, we should. Um... Sports at 960, Google it. <laughs> the address. 535-770. Thank you. Um, keep them rolling in on the... T- they're flying in. Yeah, I bet. Right now. Oh, my goodness. Your weirdest, oh my goodness. Your weirdest food combo. And please, please be Young truthful. Vile. Don't Don't call in or text in and try to win the prize because you're trying to get all crazy. Because if you call in at 730, chances are you got a better shot at winning the tickets. And... We, we can probably find out if you're lying or not. Because my man, Matty Rose here, has a very good internal lie detector. Oh, I do. I've got I, a, I don't know. I'm just... I've got a really good sense for that type of thing. So keep... The, the text line's already exploding. 960-960, name and location. Your weirdest food combo. In light of Pilk being something that Pepsi's trying to make happen, your weirdest food combo, and we'll pick one of the text line. You have to have your name and location to win. We'll pick one of those, and you'll get the seventh day of the 12 days of Wild Rose Brewery, our advent calendar. Matty Rose is thinking about his. Sleepy Alex Brody is thinking about his. We'll do the Rose report straight ahead. Alex has a soccer report that may or not may be may or may not be 10 minutes long. I don't know. It could be more. It could be could less. Be 12. Could be one. I don't know. But there is a semifinal game at the World. What the World? Don't worry. Stop saying, oh, my God, back there. I can hear you. <laughs> Sorry. I can hear you. <laughs> it's okay. You got to have a little we're thicker getting, skin to work in this business, <laughs> Brody. Get through it together. Yeah. Weirdest food combo, 960-960, name and location. Keep them rolling in. Uh, the Rose Report straight ahead, right down the Flames. 2-1 loss last night to the Habs in a shootout. And at the top of the hour, Blue Jays make a big move yesterday. We'll talk to Shai Davidi. Sportsnet Baseball columnist. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey downtown basement systems studio. At the top of the hour, Shai Davidi, Sportsnet Baseball columnist. Uh, Your chance to win the seventh day of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Um, I talked about it before the break. Uh, Pepsi's trying to make Pilk happen. Pilk. Where it's essentially, uh, do we have the clip one more time here, Alex? Because uh, I, do, I do like to hear Lindsay Lohan talking about this. Here it is. Nice. Nice. Ooh, naughty. Mm. Pepsi and milk. Pilk. Mm. Just one dirty soda. Yeah, I like. I can listen to that all day. So, uh, your Gross. chance to win 
Uh, the seventh day of the 12 days of Christmas at Wild Rose Brewery. Give us your weirdest food combo, and please be honest about it. Like Mike uh, texted in nine sixty nine sixty. Uh, mayonnaise and popcorn. I'm not <laughs> like I. I want to believe you, Mike. Mayonnaise and popcorn. Uh, like you put the old Hellman's on a plate and you're dipping popcorn into the mayonnaise. Well, I assume he has at least a ramekin for the Hellman's. Probably not a that like that sounds vile. Mayonnaise and popcorn. Like you really gotta like mayonnaise. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. Like you yeah. gotta be a big you, fan of you gotta love whipped mayo. eggs and olive oil. My yeah. goodness. Um, before the break, I, to- There's I told so you many mine. better things than p- yeah. popcorn. I, I told you mine. I like ketchup with my French toast. That's my weird food combo. You, I gave you and Sleepy Alex Brody <laughs> some time. What? What is your weird food combo? I have nothing as vile as some of the things that our texters have. And you're doing a great job. Have committed to, and you are doing a great job. Nine six zero nine six zero. Keep it up. Hold on, Mike. Mike immediately texts us back. He goes, "You heat up the mayo and make it runny and pour it on them." Come on, no, you don't. That's Warm just, mayo. That's just. Ugh. I'm just trying to think what. Sort of consistency with near warm mayonnaise. <laughs> like I, I think I, I think Could I know. Could we not? Like do I this? don't know what. I'm trying to think. What what would mere warm mayo? I got to think about that during the break. Oh, so what is your, what is your? Because I can't put my finger on it. What is your weird food combo? Mine. Yeah. Mine was. Uh, for some reason, I'm such mm-hmm. a sucker. I, you know me. I have my yogurt cups in here every day. Yeah, and, and, and your chocolate-covered almonds. You're the Cal Ripken of eating chocolate-covered <laughs> almonds. I think every show I've ever done with you, you're eating chocolate-covered almonds. They're a great source of protein, plus okay. a little bit of sugar. gives me the kick in the morning I need to have the energy okay. to do this program. And now this segment brought to you by chocolate-covered <laughs> almonds. All right, go ahead. I, uh, I'm a sucker. I've been suckered into uh, buying the feature flavors of yogurt twice. Once was pumpkin spice, awful, and once was gingerbread, yeah. also awful. Okay, but th- no, but that's not really a food combo. But it was like those things shouldn't be in yogurt. Okay, someone else did the combo for me, and I committed to it by buying it. All right, and it tasted like garbage. Okay, you you got to come up with a different one. I'll keep trying, but like uh, I said, I'm not a freak like some of these people who yeah. are texted in. Sleepy Alex Brody, what's your food combo? All right, I thought long and hard about this. Yeah, and I see a lot of people on the text line mentioning pierogies. So yeah. mine is, and this might not be weird, but strawberry pierogi. Like pierogi with strawberry inside it is mine. Okay. Really good. I have never heard it or of not. That. What? My, you, you have to make it yourself, I assume. My good friend is Ukrainian and his mom makes them and they are amazing. So it's like a dessert pierogi. Yeah. And Again, it's a combo. You're right? both missing. Uh, I don't eat weird sh- stuff <laughs> don't like say this. It. This is vile. Don't you don't heat up mayo on popcorn? I don't do mayo and popcorn. Okay. I don't do... What, like who, Someone said Doritos is a vessel to scoop cottage cheese into their mouth. That's vile. That's not bad. Doritos and cottage cheese? Oh, no. What if you have the sweet chili heat? A little bit of spice with your cottage cheese? Oh, cottage cheese makes me... All right, we're going to... we're gonna. The text line is just... We have literally like dozens and dozens of texts. Yeah. We're going to get to them at 7.30, your chance to win the seventh day at Wild Rose Brewery. 
12 Days of Christmas. Keep them rolling in your weird food combo in honor of Pilk. Pilk. The, the, and, and thank you to the text line. I literally said it. I know Pepsi and milk, <laughs> If you, it's a paralyzer without the booze. Yes, I know. I've, I mentioned that. A paralyzer is milk, cola. It's, it's Pilk. Kahlua and vodka. I know. Now we can just call it Pilk, Kahlua, and vodka. Yeah. Again, easier. have some Pilk. But Pilk, Pepsi and milk, what's your weirdest food combo? And you got to be truthful. We got to weed out people who are trying to gross us out yeah, with we, weird food combos. You got to get the liars. Please out of here, be, the be truthful. Uh, we got to get to the uh, the Rose Report here. Flames lose two one in a shootout last night to the Habs, and the Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and even beat any competitor's price by ten percent on Fifty First Ave and Third Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Well, we're back. Another Tuesday morning report without Burn Baby Burn. The Flames back in Calgary after a disappointing road trip out east. Glad to see he's okay because he took one to the beak with authority. Their game was one of six on the slate. Gino Machino. And uh, we also had the conclusion of week 14 and many fantasy seasons in the process. Touchdown! So let's get after it. Flames on the road taking on the Habs. More lineup changes for the Flames. Last Lindholm did not play in this game. Daryl Sutter saying the after that they were aware he'd be doubtful after the Toronto game, although he did take morning skate. Team calling an upper body injury. Brett Ritchie drew back into the lineups. The lines were a bit different, although with so much special teams, an injury to Nazem Kadri, they hardly played together. They were hardly relevant. So yeah, they were they were the lines. No Mackenzie Weger either. The blue liner was out with an illness, so Connor Mackey came in to play with Michael Stone and Zadorov. Bumped up to play with Chris Tanev. Jacob Markstrom back between the pipes after taking the loss, but perhaps being be- being the best flame on the ice back on Friday. First period saw some power plays, two for Montreal, one for Calgary, as well as a fight between Connor Mackey and Nick Pizzetta. Bit of a mismatch in Pizzetta's favor and perhaps showed. Now we've got a fight. Connor Mackey has dropped the gloves. With Michael Pizzetta. Wow, didn't see this one coming. Square off right at center ice at Bell Center. Mackey throwing some rights and connecting. And now Pizzetta drops him with a right. And the linesman will step in there and split them up. You have to appreciate what he is doing. Uh, yeah. He tries to get the jump on Pizzetta, understanding yeah. he was in tough. But he gets caught on the chin and right that on was the old it. button. Uh, it turns out they had actually fought before. He talked to Steinberg about it after the game on uh, as the telethon wound down on yep. Flames Talk post game show. Was that hour twelve? Uh, we actually we had fought before in the minors uh, a few years ago. You know, I just like I said, I want to get involved early and, and uh, you know try to end, end this road swing, try to spark the guys uh, you know early on this road trip. He looked like he didn't feel like he had given the team a spark as he went to the box and was kind of muttering to himself, but. Yeah, he Good got, for him fighting Pizzetta. I I didn't know he had fought him in the minors. He That's got, cool. That buckled him a little bit when he got hit on the button. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, a little weak need. shout out to our man, uh, Derek Wills. Huh? That's a great call. That is that a fight. good call of that fight. Maybe, maybe Derek should do some boxing, too, on the side. Oh, a little... I'm just saying. Alternate revenue Di- streams, Georgie. Right. Diversify your portfolio. Diversify your funds. And again, hat tip to Connor Mackey, although he got caved in. Yeah. He stood in there. Yeah. But you know, that would have happened without Milan Lucic in the lineup. Yeah. Period. And But even Yandel talked about that on the broadcast. He's not wrong, but also yeah. Milan Lucic had been a, he had been caved in at five on five. I, 
I don't know. We can get into that at a later point. Uh, Period ended scoreless. Bunch more penalties to start the second. Eventually, the Flames wound up on the power play. Trevor Lewis absolutely runs over Cole Caulfield. Kirby Dock kind of jumps on his back and takes an interference penalty. Uh, the hit would force Caulfield from the game. The retaliation would put the Flames on the power play. Huberto back into the corner. Counts it back to the blue line to Anderson. Anderson to Cadbury with a one-timer stop. Rebound to Backlund to Huberto. He scores! Jonathan Huberto shovels the puck into the roof of the Canadiens' net. Hometown Hubie jumps on the rebound, buries it under the bar, his fifth of the season. Calgary, the first lead of the game. Flames with power play goals in four of their last five games now. As the man advantage starting to click, probably did want more with all of the opportunities that they're getting of late, but they are getting something at least. Um, they just didn't score a power play goal against the Blue Jackets. Now they had seven opportunities, and that Blue Jackets game was a real big stinker. But apart from that, they scored power play goals in all their games. Power play's helping. Yeah, but we talked about this earlier. They're not drawing as many penalties as no. they were at the beginning of the season, and that's an issue. And a lot of those penalties even last night, yeah, I know Daryl talked about it on Saturday, and it's a whole Toronto thing, but a few of those penalties last night were just lazy penalties. Even the Hanovan penalty 36 seconds into the game, it's a lazy interference call that's just unnecessary, putting your team short for no apparent reason. So some of these penalties just... I know there's such a thing as good penalties in the NHL where you take away a, a big-time scoring chance, and it's smart to do that. But, like, even the Zadorov where he fired the puck off over the glass, even it's just unnecessary. A lot of unnecessary, lazy penalties the Flames are taking here lately. Yeah, and it has been a problem. We'll see if they can write things out as they get a little uh, get back to a little bit of home cooking here. But the Flames were up one nothing after the power play tally. Scary moment shortly after. Flames on a 5-on-3 kill. Anderson and Tanev out there just wearing blocks until one of them got up high on Tanev. A strong slap shot right up. Hit him in maybe the chin. He dropped immediately. Had to be helped off the ice. Obviously did not return. Went to the hospital for further evaluation, but was able to return back to the arena by the end of the game and was also able to travel home with the team. The question now begs, how long will his absence be and how will the Flames work to patch that hole? They were without Mackenzie Weger due to illness. You'd expect him to be back sooner rather than later, but... All of a sudden, he just kind of fills right into that Tanev spot, and you still got to go with Mackey and Stone on the back end. We have no idea how long Tanev's going to be out for. No clue. He'll be reevaluated today, and even after but that, who knows? That's something you and I have even talked about. He is He's the glue of this team. Yeah. Chris Tanev's the glue of this team. Fell apart against the Oilers when he didn't play. Fell apart earlier in the season like when he you, was hurt. You can have like the list of... The most important Calgary Flames, obviously Markstrom and Lindholm near the top of that list, especially Lindholm being the number one center on this team. Sure. We have no idea how hurt he is, even though he took the morning skate and then didn't play, which is weird. And they knew about it Saturday night, which is even weirder, which I, I can't wrap my head around any of this. But we've talked about this. Tanev's the glue of this team. Mm-hmm. And if he's out long term, oh boy, you hope he's not out long term. He was healthy enough to get back on the plane, although they went to hospital for precautionary reasons. Like, the thing is... thankfully, he seems like he's okay. We just have no idea when this guy's going to be back in the lineup. And if... I don't want to pontificate it on it too much, but if it's a head injury, you can't really rush back from that and play hurt. It's not like a a sprained knee, where you could maybe work your way through it, or bum shoulder. You just don't shoot the puck. You defer. It's different. So we'll see what happens. Um... More injuries in the period. Nazem Kadri would leave the second early. Take a hit, late hit from Nick Suzuki. I don't expect anything to come from this. Looked like mostly whiplash. It didn't look like a, a headshot or anything like that to me. 
got the Flames a fruitless power play, so they went to the intermission with the Flames leading 1-0, and Kadri was able to return for the third period. In the third, the Habs got the jump on the Flames. And now Slavkovsky has the puck at his stick. He centers it. Anderson scores. The Canadians finally find a crack in Jacob Markstrom's armor. Josh Anderson redirects the puck past the Flames. Goaltender. Stone and Zadorov lose Anderson in coverage in front of the net. Gets the easy tap in past Markstrom. Tie game just a minute and 40 seconds into the third. Although both teams did have chances to take the lead later in the period, the Flames' best opportunity was probably that 2-1-0 for Kadri and Dubé, although it was like the clunkiest thing you've ever seen. I thought the referee was kind of in the way when I watched it back. Uh, I'll start off with a huge Zadorov hit for what it's worth. He filled them in. Yeah, oh, big time. Jordan Harris took one uh, right on the... You know what? I wanted to mention, Mm -hmm. I was watching the Sportsnet stats broadcast on uh, Sportsnet Now yesterday. And uh, they had all the cool stats. Like, for instance, who do you think had the highest average speed the last time I saw it in the final few minutes of the third period? Of all of the skaters in the game, the highest average speed in the game. It's probably somebody I wouldn't expect. I guarantee that. Um, I'm going to say Michael Backlund. Brett Ritchie. Wow. I was like, yeah, I guess he kind of flies around when he's out there. He doesn't play a ton, and he's always going full motor for the shifts. Yeah. So if you're talking an average top speed, interesting. It was like 15.5 something kilometers, and they have all st- stats like that throughout the broadcast. They had hardest shot, which went to Mike Hoffman. He had like 165 kilometers an hour. Michael Stone had 150. Rasmus in the top three with 145. So I just want to say. I like when the team plays on Mondays. Those broadcasts are sweet. Anyways, they went to overtime. The Flames had a... Well, would it it be overtime if the Flames didn't take a penalty? No, no, no. That's not quite what I had in mind. Yeah. uh, They would kill off the double minor, but then lose in a shootout. uh, uh, Just couldn't get all the stops in the shootout. That's too bad, but shootouts suck. Jacob Markstrom deserved better last night. Yep. Give the man some run support. He was absolutely fantastic last night. And just how I really noticed in his crease last night, too, how how aware he was, how how just quick he was up and down. He just looked so laser focused and dialed in last night. And his rebound control was completely on point last night because at stretches during the season when he was struggling, the, the rebounds would go uh, astray. Yep. He was just in complete control of that crease last night. And you can't even fault him on the Anderson goal. It was, it was a miscommunication between Zadorov and Stone. He makes but five big stops in overtime. He was so good last night. And again, if there's one positive you can take from the Flames this season, outside of Marstrom's struggles, they've had, and I know the save percentage has been way down, but Vladar's kind of picked up the slack when Markstrom was struggling. And now if Markstrom's back to being Markstrom, you're pretty damn solid in the most important position in the game. 37 so, of 38 last night. Just give the guys some run support here. You got to start scoring some goals here. Oh, very very hot take by me. Very hot <laughs> take. You need to score goals to win, but Marstrom was absolutely phenomenal last night. If he keeps that level up, watch out for the Flames, who, by the way, the rest of the season, easiest schedule in the NHL. 29 games played for the Flames. Quick guess, how many one-goal games have they been in? 20. 16. They lead oh. the NHL. 
Not surprising. 16 of 29 after last night's game. They also have one of the worst road records at 3-6-3. and three, Bottom five win percentage with the likes of the Jackets, Ducks, and Blackhawks. The Flames have been in seven overtime sessions, penalized in five of them. They've lost all five that they've taken a penalty, whether it was in the overtime on the penalty kill or in a shootout after. They're actually three for six killing penalties in overtime. If they don't take a penalty, they usually win it. And those saves Markstrom was making in the overtime phenomenal. He was great. Um, he also was asked about his confidence after and says he's still not feeling it, though. Not really. It's loss is a loss, so, you know, got to be better. Got to be better than the other goalie and got to let in fewer goals than the other goalie. And, you know, that's that's my job, and that's what it's about. Tough critic. I love it. Elsewhere in the NHL, five other games, including you had the Oilers on the road in Minnesota. Bit of a stinker for Edmonton. Both teams scored on the power play in the first, but the second period, all wild. Boldy attacking for Minnesota. Dances right circle, set one to the back post. They score! Freddie Goudreau ripped it up top. What a pass and set up for Boldy. And this one will count. The Wild have a 2-1 to one lead. The Gaudreau on the good team with the goal. Joe O'Donnell with the call on Wild Radio. That would be the final goal in the game as the Wild beat the Oilers 2-1. Just one point for the big two. Also, Marc-Andre Fleury recorded his 10th win, stopping 20 of 21 shots. That's 18 seasons with at least 10 wins for Marc-Andre Fleury. That ties Patrick Waugh and Terry Sawchuk. Well, Martin Brodeur is at the top with 20 seasons with at least 10 wins. Only four goaltenders in NHL history. Pretty big deal for uh, the Flower. Senators, the other Canadian team in action, bit of a bottom feeder tilt. They beat the Ducks 3-0. Alex Dabrinkit, a game-time decision. He scored his 8th and ninth goals of the season, while Cam Talbot stopped all 32 shots that he faced for the shutout. Central division battle between the Blues and the Predators. Only 44 shots between the two teams through regulation, but Jordan Bennington and UC Saros stopped all of them. A rare scoreless game headed to overtime. Just needed one goal for the two points. Blues bring it up. Shen does have a new stick. Right side, handoff. Kairou shoots, save, rebound, scores. Blues win in overtime. Braden Shen gets a new stick and gets the game-winning goal. It's not Pete Weber, but that's the Predators radio, uh, believe it or not. You Ooh. can tell by the, the sad tones. Uh, Braden Shen buries his seventh of the season on the rebound in overtime as the Blues win not one nothing. And Jordan Bennington wins his 100th career game. Side note, I'm still trying to set up my 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 dream interview is having Pete Weber, the voice <laughs> of the Predators, on at the same time as professional bowler Pete Weber. The guy who has the clip, who do you think you are? I am. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, I want them both on at the same time. That's Patty my Duma's on vacation. I bet that's what he's doing. He's probably chasing down Pete Weber. The bowler. Probably. I think yeah. that's probably the harder one to get. Uh, Penguins and the Stars, this game tied at one after 20 minutes of play. They would go all the way to the final minute before we saw another goal. Malkin. Passing forward to Rust. Left side for Zucker. He's over the line. Drops it to Malkin. Left circle down low to Rust. Tried to cut to the net. Rebound. They score! Evgeny Malkin atop the crease. His first in 10 games. Puts the pens up 2-1 with 35 seconds to go. Gino Machino. Gino Machino with his ninth. The Penguins beat the Stars in regulation 2-1. to one. Gino Machino. Never heard that in my life. Nope. I've never heard that once. No. Uh, Josh gets bad. off the Penguins radio voice with the call. Also, Rangers uh, and Devils in a Tri-City game. Devils led 2-0 in 3-2, but the flip on the script 
they're usually the ones coming from behind and, and destroying two nothing leads. Uh, they actually lose this one four to three. The final score tonight's schedule. Five o'clock, Ducks and Leafs, Blue Jackets and Panthers, Stars and Devils, Kings and Sabres, Islanders and Bruins, Kraken and Lightning, as well as the Hurricanes and the Red Wings. Then at six, the Oilers. They play double uh, back-to-back here. They're in Nashville to face the Predators. Golden Knights battle the Jets. Seven, it's the Capitals and the Blackhawks. The Flyers also take on the Avalanche. Then at 8.30, the Coyotes visit the Sharks. Did you see the Coyotes CEO, Xavier Gutierrez, said that someone had part of their finger bitten off at the brawl that went down at Mullet Arena last week when the Bruins were visiting the Coyotes? Yeah, I, I knew there was a brawl for some reason. It, the videos, it's it's a brawl. Like, there's like 3,500 people, though, in that barn. Yeah, and like 10% of them were part of this melee. Oh. And apparently someone had part of their finger chomped off in it. We don't know if they were a Bruins fan or a Coyotes fan or just there on a bachelor party. Like but how hard do you have to bite down on somebody's finger to get a piece of it off? I'm always intrigued when they say that if it's like... You know, off the what side. Part of the finger? Yeah, is it like the fleshy part, like just yeah. off to the side of my fingernail, or did they just like full blown on a knuckle? And, and how just... did that even happen? Were you getting like the fish hook in your mouth, and then you decided to bite down? Like, how did that even? Did you know it was your hand? What if you bit the cop's yeah, hand? There's so that's many a questions. felony charge. There's so many questions. So many questions. So many unanswered. We'll have to get a Xavier on the line and get some answers. Uh, from the NFL, week 14 wrapped up with the Patriots and the Cardinals. The Patriots were a point-and-a-half favorite going into this one. Got some unfortunate help as well. Kyler Murray going down with a non-contact injury. Oh, had to be carted off the field. I hate these. This is awful, uh, especially if you had him in fantasy and were hoping he'd be your guy in the playoffs. I hope you got a backup plan, <laughs> John Bender. Um, that was tough. Yeah, was he's hard not, to watch. And apparently it's serious and it's going to be long-term. And if it is torn, which they think it is, and they essentially know right away by just feeling his knee, uh, he's not going to be back till later next season. So the Cardinals are in trouble with no Kyler Murray. Right. You don't have faith in Colt McCoy? He was not very good last night. But to Colt McCoy's defense, the offensive line's completely banged up. He had no time to throw. Matthew Judon was an absolute force last night for the Patriots. They kept showing the, the clock time on how long it took for him to get to the quarterback, and it yeah. was like, this, these are egregious numbers. Yeah, like you the, can't. He was, he was it's a, the blink of an eye. What is the quarterback supposed to do? Yeah, and apparently a lot of whispers that Cliff Kingsbury's job's in jeopardy, although he signed a contract extension. Shocking. He just signed a contract extension this year. What a goof. Game was all tied up at 13 after Nick Folk hit a third quarter field goal. Cardinals marching with a chance to go up in the third quarter. Let's have a listen. McCoy on the quarterback's left flank as he takes the shot from snap. He drops back. Pressure throws down little caught by Hopkins crossing near side. Pulse hunch loose. Got it. Picked up by the Patriots. Down the right side. Running into the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. New England. A scoop and score for Raekwon McMillan. Patriots would end up winning at 27 to 13. That made it 20 to 13. The call on a Patriots radio as a result, New England. Just pulling up the standings here. They're, They're seven now and six. seven and six. Yeah. Whereas the Cardinals, uh, another They're bad done. season, four and nine. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Uh, not a good year. Uh, fine Monday nighter. It was fine. No, it was, it was a bad game last night. Very sloppy. A lot of injuries. Very sloppy game last night. I hit my parlay. Look at you. Yeah. It's, it's your world. We're just living in it. And I had another parlay that included a Kyler Murray anytime touchdown. Yeah. That got voided today. Wow. Yeah. I'm That's not going to name the nice company. That's very nice of your sports because, book. Yeah. But yeah, I was very happy about that. That's Don't keeping the customers in. happy. That's what they said. As a show of goodwill. That and is I a said, show of goodwill. I said, you know goodwill. what? 
that goodwill is good. I'll be making another deposit. Yeah, let me throw this right back in. That's right. Uh, also, big signing for the Jays. We're going to talk about it with Shai Davidi in about 10 minutes here, but they signed 33-year-old pitcher Chris Bassett. Three-year, $63 million contract. The Jays do have to give up their second highest draft pick to the Mets because Bassett turned down a qualifying offer, fine. but the MLB draft is whatever. Love, um, love, love, love. We'll talk to Shai Davidi. Manoa, Barrios, Gossman, and now Bassett. Well, it moves Barrios down to the four. Sure, yeah. the Not not in the, any order, but those four guys, you feel good. Real quick on Bassett. Yeah. By a hair, uh-huh. had a better war than Kevin Gosman last season. Really? Yeah, you're welcome. 3-4-2 ERA in a career best 181 point uh, and two-third innings. Point two. Rose, clean it up. Uh, 30 starts at the Mets. Struck out 167 batters against 49 walks. And finally... The Wranglers play the Moose tonight at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome as the Wranglers continue to roll. Um, Connor Zarius points in four straight games. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, great it. job. Uh, and the Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Uh, we're super late, but we got to get to a soccer report. <laughs> it's semifinal action in Qatar today. Our man. Alex Brody with a World Cup report. Take it away, sir. All right. This soccer report is brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. It's finally here. Semifinals officially kick off today at noon with Argentina taking on 2018 finalist Croatia. South America versus Europe. This is it. Naturally, lots on the line here. Lionel Messi would look to take the Argentinian squad to the finals of the tournament for a second time in eight years. Croatia looking to get back-to-back -back appearances in the final after losing to France 4-2 in the 2018 edition. Let's start with Argentina. A lot of pressure is on golden boy Messi here, who is looking to bring the ultimate prize back home to his country. He's been the point man for Argentina's attack thus far, the heart of their offensive game. Messi at 35, playing likely his last World Cup, desperate to land the one major title missing from his extensive collection. He's carrying the weight of his nation on his, his shoulders. And now looking at Croatia, the little country that could, after shocking the world with their remarkable run at the 2018 edition of the tournament, they're showing here that it is no fluke after defeating tournament favorites Brazil in the quarterfinals. They're built around star playmaker Luka Modric, and their style is much more defensive than Argentina. They'll absorb a lot of pressure and find those sudden moments to capitalize on attack. Now, this one goes at 12 p.m. today. Goals could be at a premium, but with the amount of quality on the pitch, be prepared to see something special. We'll take another look at this matchup in Hour 3, and this soccer report is brought to you by CertainTee, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTee, pro all the way. Great job, Alex. Looking forward to the semifinals today at the World Cup. Also looking forward to talking to our man, Shai Davidi, Sportsnet Baseball columnist. Blue Jays with a big, big signing yesterday. It's a big deal, and we're going to try to read some text because there's so many of them. Do you think Shy has one? Yeah, I, well, we're going to ask him. Um, Pilk, Pepsi's trying to make Pilk. milk and Pepsi happen. We want to hear your weirdest food combo for your chance to win the seventh day of our 12 days of Christmas at our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. We'll do that at 730. Maybe mix in a few phone calls because if you call in, you got a better chance to win. 
That's how we roll here. Just too much cottage cheese. Way too much cottage cheese and talk. And I need a better line. one from both of you after the break. I'm still pondering. I'm Ponder. trying to do my best. Uh, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan.